Hi, this is James Carpio, host of the Cube of Death podcast, and you're listening to Gaming and BS. Welcome to Gaming NBS, a table tabletop RPG podcast talking about tabletop RPGs. Recursive much? This is episode 80 where we're going to be talking Savage Worlds. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome to the show. We got a we got a like boot scoot here, Brett, cuz we yeah, got Yeah, we, we can't we can't do what we did with uh, poor Jen Brinkman. I don't think anybody else will tolerate Having us deal with them, I mean, having to deal with us two shows in a row, so we got to move. That's right. So announcements, let's go. Okay, so uh, we're recruiting for gaming and BS uh, games at Game Hole in November. If you're interested, let us know. April first is when event registration opens up. Submit your game, put in gaming and BS presents. If you want to run it under our banner, that'd be greatly appreciated. We will look to do something for you. We're going to incentivize. There's talks of drink involved for sure perhaps more than one perhaps more than one because otherwise it'd be just rude one drink and a bunch of straws that's just unsanitary that's so true at least more than one drink yes and corrections yes corrections so apparently when we spoke about acrid herald a uh, while back after gary con we mentioned game designer james caprio and who as if you just listen to the intro it's james carpio carpio so sorry james we are schmucks sorry 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 that's sorry. right Unlike Leonardo DiCarpio, right? It's yes. James Carpio. Correct. The, right. Well, the more famous of the Carpio brothers. Of course. And then we did talk about uh, Chad Parrish and Satine Phoenix on their podcast. It's the Game School Podcast. Game School um, Podcast. We do like to refer to it as the Satine Phoenix Show. Yes. Um, Chad's um, okay, but I mean, it yeah. is Satine carries him, and that's cool. Yeah, she's got to deal with Chad and, well, you know. God bless you, Satine. She's I mean, definitely she's, the she's taking one for the team. One definitely the, the more ch- definitely more the the more charming of the two. Yes, I absolutely. think even Chad would agree with that. I think he would. All right, and then one more. We've got Merle. Merle. He corrected us on his name. Right. <laughs> so we did the Wisconsin accent of Rasmussen. Right. And it's actually Sean Rasmussen. 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 Ra- Rasmussen. Yes, or Merle, Merle as we like to call we him. like to just call him Merle. Yeah. So Merle, you know, I appreciate you correcting us on our speech impediment. Thank you very much. Uh, if you don't know who Merle is, he is the the one who came up with Top Secret RPG from TSR. And if you get a chance to talk to Merle, he's a hoot. You meet him at a con, uh, he will talk your ear off. It's all fun though. He's right. a, he's a great guy. Last thing I want to throw out was uh, congrats to Phil and Chris and Bob over at the Misdirected Mark Show. They've got their 200th episode coming, and anybody who's been in podcasting, I mean, this is my first go at this, but I'm thinking, wow, 80 episodes is a lot, and I go, holy shit, 200? <laughs> Things have been out for 200 episodes, and it's still going? That's pretty damn cool. A lot of folks pod fade after like 10 or 20, and the boys are still kicking it at 200, so congratulations, lads. Well yeah. done. Well done. Congratulations. Um, I think that's... Oh, we are going to skip ran, uh, Random Encounter this week. Jib... Ironically enough, for I know our guests uh, know Jib. Jib is, uh, wrote in an email. Jib, we haven't forgotten about you. I'm going to read your email on the next probably show. So thanks for writing in. Otherwise, should we get down to this thing? 
Let's do it. Who the hell's here? And what are we going to talk about? Hold on, man. All right. A lifelong RPG enthusiast, he has edited 1 million words and worked on over 100 RPG products to include Interface Zero by Gunmetal Games and Agents of Oblivion by Reality Blurs and Savage Worlds Deluxe Edition. He launched the podcast The Game's The Thing July 2006, running until February 2012, and has appeared on other RPG podcasts to include Sin City Savage's Savage Worlds Game Master Hangout, Roleplay DNA, Smile and Jack's Bar and Grill, and Gamer Baby, to name just a few. He is a now co-host of the Savage Bloggers Network of shows that include SBN News and Simply Savage. Welcome to the show, Ron Blessing. Awesome. Great to be here, guys. Without further ado, web developer by day and RPG lover around the clock, he's been a contributor to SW Publisher Reality Blur's website blog. He's made appearances on Sid City Savage's Savage Worlds Game Master Hangout. Say, say that like three more times fast. He has created RPG web tools, Savage Worlds Fantasy Loot Generator, and Savage Worlds Raise Calculator. You can find both tools at the Immaterial Plane, which is at blog.immaterialplane.com where he houses his Savage Eberron and Savage Worlds Eberron Savage Worlds rule set. Well, I didn't say that right at all. Both adaptations of the popular Eberron campaign setting by Keith Baker into the Savage Worlds rule set. He is co-host of the Savage Bloggers Network of shows that include SBN News and Simply Savage, the sexiest voice in RPG podcasting. Welcome, Christian Serrano, to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, uh, you made me sound really impressive, man. I, I never thought it was that cool. I feel weak and like useless now. <laughs> I like I bring nothing <laughs> to the show at this point. I'm done. I need to watch. I just walk. I read resumes for a living. Oh, that's you true. bring a lovely beard. Oh, it's true. The beard. It is. is cool. It is. That, pretty is a, epic. that is a gorgeous beard. Well, thank you. I can only envy that beard. <laughs> Me too. All that I've beard, got. That beard is amazing, man. All I've got is a beard. <laughs> and a pipe. Oh yes, and a, and my pipe. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for having us. This is no, exciting. This is cool. This is so we have obviously we're going to talk about Savage Worlds because what the hell would you have Christian around here if you're not going to talk Savage Worlds? And Sean, well, I've talked they, about they, it before. They do have more to them than just Savage Worlds. Yeah, but maybe. But, well, I do. Really? Right. You Ron definitely Christian does. does. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just hang out. That's it. <laughs> Just Walder. I, I have to say something pretty interesting. I, I've been podcasting on and off for ten years, and this is only my third time as a guest. Seriously? Wow. Yeah, I, and I'm not counting the GM hangouts because I, I did those pretty regularly. But this is my third time as a guest on a podcast because you've hosted a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a guest on Pulp Gamer uh, way back in the day, and then I went on to actually uh, be on their suite of shows for a long time. And I was a guest on Aloha Santa's uh, Rolling Twenties podcast, and then this is the third one. Nice, fantastic! Sweet. I had no idea. Well, third time's a charm. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> I finally get this thing right. I hope. <laughs> well, you, I, we're going to talk Savage Worlds, and every the three of you know a hell of a lot more about this than I do. I have tried to run Savage Worlds. Uh, one was a mini campaign, and one was a one shot, and they were epic failures. And I am dead positive I'm doing something freaking wrong. Because this game should not hurt as much as it did for me. So, so, so I, I, need, I need pros. I need professional help. This is why you boys are here. We're Excellent. actually here so, to answer your questions. Yeah. I was going to say, so are we here to like either A, sell you on it, or B, uh, try to help you out in what you were doing wrong? 
it's been a while since I did it. <laughs> All right. So, well, we'll just see know, what happens. We'll just yeah, let's, just, let's just kind of talk about yeah. this here. So, All right. uh, Sean, do you want to kick us off here or do you want me to just keep rolling? So, yeah. Do you know who publishes Savage Worlds, Brett? It's Pinnacle Entertainment Group. That is Shane Hensley. Excellent. Bravo. I had, yeah, when I was, when my friend and I had our dark theater app company, we reached out to Shane and we were doing a, we had uh, Sean Patrick Fannin, Shintar, uh on our character folio, as well as a regular Savage Worlds That's character right. sheet in our character folio. So we had yeah. those. We talked to Shane a little bit. And at Gen Con, a few years back, I had a chance to meet Shane, talk with him. Super nice guy. I mean, the only yeah. time I've ever gone to any kind of a seminar that was like state of the state for his company and his product, he's like, Brett. We just met. Get up here and tell everybody what it is that you're doing with us. I'm like, oh, okay. Hi. Hi, I'm Brett, and I'm doing this thing. And people were taking notes. And like, oh, wow, how, where can I find you? And he was clearly excited, and everyone got excited. I mean, very, uh, very nice dude. Um, really, really into everything about his product. And uh, no one <laughs> – it's kind of weird because he could have done the whole kiss the ring bullshit, but it was, no. that's not him. That was absolutely no, not him. It was super cool. Actually, actually really anybody who approaches him – acting like they want to kiss the ring that turns him off completely really that's that's the way to not approach him <laughs> i would eat that up i'd be like yes bow kneel <laughs> oh, i wouldn't kneel before i would feel I've... really socially awkward if somebody did that to me but uh yeah do, do you a little trivia question do you know what their actually their actual business is called oh their dba well the dba is is pinnacle entertainment group obviously right, right. no i do I go ahead enlighten us. What is it? Great White Games. Great. You know they used to be Great White. That's right. That's right. So so yeah, Pinnacle. um, Shane owned it many many years ago, along with a couple of other folks. Um, They sold to AEG, and they were kind of under control of AEG for a while. Uh, The the company then split from uh, AEG, and Shane had left the company. The company kind of went into the ground, and then years later, Shane came back to um, resurrect it, uh, and he couldn't go with Pinnacle as the business name. So initially, he just came out as Great White Games and eventually figured out how to add the DBA of Pinnacle. So there's some non-Savage Worlds, slightly germane trivia. Indeed. No. Indeed. <laughs> That's a value add on this show. I like it. That's, that's twice as knowledgeable as anything Sean and I have ever come up with. That's really good. <laughs> so it is It is a core RPG system. So we're not talking a setting. It's right. uh, not that's universal, correct. right? So right. So unlike uh, settings, a lot of people try to compare it to GURPS, for example. Yes. That was, and this this may well be where Brett went wrong with my group, with my crew. Is going, oh, it's like GURPS, but, and I don't think... I don't think I started off on right foot there. Anyway, carry yeah. on. So, so one of the important things to know about it is that it is a core rules, right? And that uh, it can be the foundation for a given setting or genre. However, um, through things like setting rules and you know allowing or disallowing certain edges, or maybe introducing a couple skills here and there, uh, you can you can forge it into to suit the setting or genre that you're trying to play. Um, there are certain supplements that they work well together and then there's others that don't. So for example, if you try to pull in superpowers companion with fantasy companion, not going to gel quite well, right? They're not really meant to work well together, but you could use say the fantasy or the pulp toolkits with the fantasy companion and mesh some things together there. Those, those work pretty okay, but it's not intended to be all things are equal across all settings and supplements. 
So that reminds me a lot of when, Sean, when you and I talked about Gumshoe as a system, it's a core piece, right? Gumshoe, how it handles investigative mechanics and so forth, that's the same. But if I take Trailer Cthulhu and look at that versus um, Nice Black Agents, they're different enough that I... The core is the same, but there's enough other like Lego bits, if you will, plugged into it to make it Knights Black Agents versus Trail versus um, Esoterrace or whatever. So that there's clearly going to be some customization for each setting because it's a core rule. What I'm hearing, you guys, core rule with enough bits and bobs hanging off it, I can plug whatever I want into that. Well, and and that's that's the thing is it's great you brought up Gumshoe because what a core rule system in my mind uh, is the way it differs from a more of a universal rule set is it tends to be better at certain things than other things, right? You wouldn't ever run a gumshoe game that didn't involve investigation. Yeah. So, Sim- so similarly, I would never run a Savage Worlds game that didn't involve cinematic action. Okay. I, I really wouldn't. People have tried, right. but I don't feel it works as well. So right. it's not, so, so like a GURPS would be that's supposed to be a universal everything all encompassing so on and so forth. This is saying, look, you want to play pulp cinematic stuff, or cinematic perhaps pulp is the, the right. wrong phrase, but that that's what this core will let you do. If you want to do that core activity or that core feel in space supers or Indiana Jones or what what have you, this is the game for it. Right. Right now. Absolutely. Now that said, there are settings such as Realms of Cthulhu. Which is really more like a Cthulhu toolkit, if you think about it. Yep, I have that can, and I've read that one. Yeah, so if you look at that, you know, you've, you've read it, you know that you can dial certain setting rules to make it less pulpy and more of that gritty, dark, you know, uh, uh, I guess sort of dangerous setting. Yeah, no, it gets a little more Cthulhu purist, if you will, to use a, to use a gumshoe language. But you right. can get that more Lovecraftian, the world is bad, and oh, by the way, you're fucked. So right, exactly. Totally I would argue, though, but I would argue, though, that that's that's in no way um, using Savage Worlds to its potential because it's, it's a more social um, game system or, or it's a more social setting, I should say, than, than Savage Worlds is uh, as a system. Um, social stuff is only a couple of line items for most of Savage Worlds. They've added like uh, social combat and stuff in yeah, the, the social box, conflict, but Mm-hmm. But that's still an add-on. I think the reason I would run a Savage Worlds Cthulhu game is because I'm old and I have no no time to learn a new game system. Yeah. And I'm going to run Savage Worlds Cthulhu because I don't feel like going and running one of the other Cthulhu systems because I don't want to learn it. And if you right. got that game, right. it's like, look, we're savages all the time, dude. This is all we exactly. play. We're, we all have absolute system mastery of Savage Worlds, so screw it. Yeah, we can, we can tack something on and, and we can stumble or we'll work our way through it because we know enough of the system we can keep rolling. Exactly. Yeah, you can make Savage Worlds work for everything, but there are certain things it's just not optimum at. Right, right. So nobody, any true savage, I mean, there's some who might shout very loudly that you could do everything in Savage Worlds, but the reality is there's certain things that's not going to accept. Sure, you, you can do and, everything, yeah. but there are but, other ways know. that might be better in, right. in certain types of games. Right. So the motto of Savage Worlds is fast, furious, and fun. Yep, exactly. So what makes it fast, furious, and fun? I pose it to you, Ron and Christian. Okay. okay. All right. I, I can answer some of this. Uh, fast is all the little things that are done to make combat faster. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got the uh, extras 
um, rules, which makes it so it's easier to knock out a bunch of weenies at a time uh, in the game or, or in a much more quick manner, um, which was uh, something I looked for ever since the original 7th C came out. I wanted the, that brute squad type of rule set, and uh, I think extras in Savage Worlds do a really great job. Um, extras so, are basically like mooks, right? It's that whole yeah, concept. It's of, extras, yeah. yeah. This is the oh, yeah. if you, if you got in to use other stormtroopers. Yeah, I was gonna say if it, it, yeah for that one or for a D and D language is like look if you have the boss orc and a couple ogre bodyguards the rest of them are just little fucking goblins or just nothing yeah, exactly exactly so we'll so them. yeah so orc sergeant is um, an extra but Grumpsh the orc sergeant is a wild card and they're gonna have bennies and they're gonna have wounds okay orc sergeant not so much he's just an orc sergeant. <laughs> But basically named NPCs and and uh, certain types of monsters, as well as uh, player characters or wild cards, everybody else is an extra. Okay. That's the, the default way. So that's one thing that makes it faster. Um, because of those extra rules, you can get a lot of minis up on the table at the same time, a lot of combatants, which is where the Furious comes in. Um, uh, it's funny you mentioned that you had two major failures, Brett. The first yes. three times I ran Savage Worlds, it was a total party kill, and my wife hated it. Okay, sweet. <laughs> when I ran, when I ran it, I couldn't I couldn't hurt anybody. Oh yeah, it no, was like we, we were like we were like killing bad guys left and right, but I couldn't kill a player character to save my life. I'm like this blows. Well, let me talk let me ask that. the yeah, we'll probably talk about that, but I'm going to say combat options, which we'll get into later, because right. that'll play a big factor. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll definitely mm-hmm. get into that. But the Furious is definitely how many things. So so the game that got everybody on board in my gaming group for Savage Worlds. I was running a Rippers game, and there is a Savage Tale in the original Rippers where you could end up fighting um, it's six, it's five zombies per PC. And we had six PCs. So we had 36 minis on a map fighting, and we completed that Combat in forty five minutes. That's awesome. Wow. Okay, <laughs> try that way. So that combines your fast and your furious. Yeah. So, so that's your fast and furious. And the fun part, I mean, who doesn't like exploding dice? Who doesn't like taking out a bunch of bad guys super fast and quickly? Um, the fun just kind of flies in there with the fast and the furious. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think um, the other aspects, as far as the fast part, is the uh, you know the GM prep. It's it's really quick to create characters. The one of the great things is, uh, and I've seen other RPGs do this, and Savage Worlds excels at it. I think um, you just give cre- creatures and NPCs whatever you think they need. You don't follow any character creation rules or anything to that effect. So if you if you think they need this edge, give them that edge. They don't even need the requirement. Just give them the, the a lot of game masters' minds. Which is yeah. the, which is pretty much what guys like me do anyway. You just n- know you're breaking the rules, but now the rule is there is no rule. Right. Well, and there's a reason for that, though, and it's part of the genius of the system is um, if you look at a typical D20 game, the I hope people can see this. <laughs> the typical D20 game, you've got a, a curve where the power where the players get more and more powerful on a straight line. Right. Okay. You're you're going on a straight angular line up toward being super powerful. In Savage Worlds, that's more of a mildly sloping hill. Okay. And, right. and what I mean is you can be threatened by just about anything all the way up at the legendary level. Whereas as a 
novice character, you could, if you get lucky, take out any monster, any creature. Right. If so based it, on the way the because of, basically because of exploding rolls, yeah, like exploding rolls make really opens things things up, um, and it's all about how well you are, how good you are, I should say, at building characters. Um, that that's a big part of it, as far as I'm concerned. So, to from a speed perspective, making a character usually when I hear how good you are at making characters, I think, mother goddamn, I'm going to sit here with this book for an hour. And or two, and, and after crunch, I'm thinking my Pathfinder feet building. Uh, do, how, oh, how 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 no? <laughs> I, I know it's I know it's faster than that, but you know what you know I'm getting at is when you say, oh, you want to be good at building a character. A lot of times we think of that power gamer um, me- mentality. From oh, I'll pick on Pathfinder or, or that type. When you've got tons of feats, you want to have a certain path, and you want to organize yourself just so. And you guys are looking at me like, no, no, it's not like that at all, Christian. Well, no, it's got to counter. Go ahead, Christian. It, it can be. I mean, there are certainly certain combinations or certain paths you want to follow, especially when you look at things like professional edges or certain combat edges that make you really good at doing one particular thing really, really well. Um, those things still exist. It's just less burdensome to to achieve that. Um, they're very focused edges. Um, you know, professional edges are are almost the closest equivalent to like a class. And the combat edges are pretty much, you know, picking on specific uh, skills that you want to hone in on, and it'll give you bonuses or, or, you know, allow you to do those things much better than most well, others. And, and one major thing that that kind of um, prevents what you're talking about is that most companies, um, and you already picked on Pathfinder, so why not pile on? Um, kind of encourage rules bloat when it comes to. Uh, having a ton of feats. Yeah, well, you know, there might many, be 15, many books. Yeah, you might right. have 15, 20 feats that do relatively the same thing, and you're having to kind of sift through all that crap to to just friggin' pick one, right? I mean, that's really what you're looking to do. That was um, one of the things I had with uh, with uh, even not basic role playing, not as much, but with back when I was playing GURPS periodically, right? It was just having to sort through the volume. Yeah, of skills well, and powers and, st- and shit in there just to get to it. Yeah, and, and Pinnacle has a philosophy that they they do everything they can to avoid that rules bloat. They'll reuse edges between their settings if they if they already have an edge that does this, we'll just use this edge. Right. Um, that sort of thing. And the other and, cool thing is uh, publishers um, or licensees, I should say, uh, Pinnacle Entertainment Group will often allow licensees to use to, or to reuse some of the content from their from their uh, uh, other settings as well. Um, as long as they ask permission ahead of time, you know, Pinnacle might say, yeah, that makes sense. Go ahead and borrow it. Go ahead and include it in your book. And that prevents, again, that bloat of additional stuff, especially if it's just going to end up emulating the same thing anyway. They would rather just let the licensee use it than have them reinvent it. So if I say, look, I've got a blast power. A blast power is fire, ice, lightning, magic missile, or what the hell have you. Brand it how you want, but for God's sakes, this is the power. Or if this, if right. the edge is, you know, X... And basically, you know, Uber Knife Fighter guy is what you're going to make, whatever. Just translate that from place to place. Exactly. Right. Okay. Right. And and so that's just another thing they do to try to avoid that bloat. Um, when a licensee comes along and they have to get approved, their first product has to get approved. Um, right. I have known multiple occasions where somebody like Clint Black would look at, you know, what the publisher thinks is a finished product and say, hey, I noticed you have these edges in here that do this, this, and this. Well, we already have these edges that do this, this, and this. Do you just want to reprint those? <laughs> That's <laughs> like awesome. Like they actively work to to avoid the crazy. 
That's right. very cool. That, yeah. So let's now we'll get to, cause we're talking about edges. We're talking about exploding dice. We're talking about what is it? Uh, the, the named NPCs and unnamed. So let's, so just to rattle off a few things, there's the companions, right? Uh-huh. The, the yep. companion books, which is horror, fantasy, science fiction, and superpowers. Yep. Correct. Right? So those are the essential, well, not essential, but splat books for lack of better words. They're as yes. close as you're ever going to get to splat books or Savage Worlds. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so they allow you to choose what we will get into in a bit, like different hindrances, powers. Mm-hmm. So those are your generic official settings from not settings. Settings. Sorry, sorry. Um, compa- well, oh. supplements. <clears throat> supplements. Well, thank you. Yeah, let me let me see if I can sort of clarify what they were. The, first of all, suggestions. They're suggestions. They're, they are derivative of a, a previous existing product line called the toolkits, the Savage Worlds toolkits. Okay, and, I remember hearing about that. Right, and what they were, um, they were basically guidebooks. They weren't supposed to be used entirely, you know, whole cloth. They were supposed to be used piecemeal as you needed, and they were supposed to be guides for you to create your own stuff to suit your own homebrew setting or any you know adaptation that you wanted to create. They took that content, they revised it, they revamped it, they stripped away some of the excess stuff, they added some new things, and they created the companions. So you have the fantasy companion, which now supersedes the fantasy toolkits. Um, the same, the horror companion, I don't, th- yeah, that, there was a horror toolkit, that's right. Uh, and then superpowers companion was completely new. Well, uh, yeah, it was based on the necessary evil setting. Based on necessary evil, right. And now they have yeah. a second edition, which revamped it again. And then uh, Science Fiction Companion is – actually, it's pretty different from the previous toolkit. Um, they, they really did a lot of work on that. So if I uh, want to do a build my own my own, because I'm a homebrew guy, so I want to build my own world. And I say, look, I'm going to build a fantasy setting. I grab this Companion uh, or what used to be a toolkit, and then I can right. do that. I don't have to go say, well, I'm going to have to buy – you know, the Lankmar version that they have and then no. retweak that. No, I can start with no. their base and then build whatever I want on top of it. Absolutely. Okay. That said, that said, one of the best pieces of advice I can give you is go ahead and grab the player's guide versions of those other products. They're usually really affordable and they are great resources to see how publishers do things or more importantly, how Pinnacle even does things. So you can get for like, what is it, like five bucks, I think in some cases, maybe 10 bucks at most, a player's guide to, you know, Accursed, for example, and you can see how they adapted the rules and such to suit that type of a setting. To give you some ideas. Yeah. And that way it can help you to not reinvent the wheel if you don't, in areas where you don't need to. Right. Yeah, and, then, and also if they're doing something similar and I say, oh, I could see stretching it perhaps or holy shit, I'm glad I didn't do that because clearly that wouldn't work. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that's that's kind of one of the nice things. The other thing about those players' guides, by the way, um, they're usually not only are they cheap, but they usually have a site license for you to print off copies for your players. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, most of them so, have that. Mm-hmm. Now, with the newer settings, where they're doing a separate players' guide and a separate GM's guide, uh, in the most recent Kickstarters, that site license has kind of gone away. Right. But in their their uh, their previous settings, that's what they've done. So yeah. you just buy the PDF as the game master and then print it off for everybody. So those are the toolkit slash companions. companions. And then you've got the settings. Yep. Right. And then you have settings that are published by pinnacle. Right. And then you have settings that are licensed. Correct. Right. Correct. So now in settings, because some of these setting books, I mean, they're thicker than the core rules. 
Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they get pretty beefy. I mean, Interface Zero. Is, yeah, I mean, well, you're, I have, you're including I a lot of those too. So. Yeah, I have Deadlands Reloaded, you know, and I have Deadlands Reloaded. And if I look at that compared to my uh, Savage Deluxe Edition here, it's <laughs> it's twice the size of Deluxe. You know? now, yeah. I say that in a good way because I, I, I mean, I think if you're going to get like a setting book, hey, the more the merrier, the more fluff, I think, because that's kind of what you're buying it for. Right. Um, right. But it also, so some of the properties, right, um, include Deadlands, which is a, like one of the foundation settings for Savage Worlds. It was based off of Deadlands, yeah. the original, right? Yep. Deadlands became, um, uh, was used to create the Great Rare Wars miniatures game. And Savage Worlds was uh, born from the Great Rare Wars. So the Deadlands system is the grandparent of, of Savage Worlds. Yes. Look at that. We're all unlocking this. The history. Again, <laughs> some insight you'll, you know, you might not get anywhere else. So there's, there's Deadlands. There's, you guys have got here, looking at my notes here, 50 Fathoms. Yeah, look at your notes, right. Brett. Right there. They're in an outline for a damn reason. Look at that. It's like all step by step, buddy. You, there's you a lot also, of work to put into that. Exactly. You can tell that Chris Fathoms built this because Sean and I don't have this kind of organizational skill. So 50 Fathoms. Ron, what is this? 50 Fathoms is Pirates of Darkmoor for adults. Darkwater. Darkwater. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Pirates of Darkwater Pirates. for adults. Pirates of the Caribbean the plus Darkwater is really, is really what it was. From what I heard, and Ron, correct me on this, uh, Shane Hensley was watching Pirates of the Caribbean, and he walked out thinking, I want to make that a game. And then, of course, he was a big fan of Pirates of Dark Darkwater as well. And then that's how 50 Fathoms came Close. Out. Actually, it was his wife that recommended it. Ah, okay. You guys are all full of this trivia stuff, man. I'm going to take you to like Savage Worlds Trivia Night on Monday. <laughs> Awesome. We've got, ringer yeah christian he doesn't know anything i'm just bringing him along that's that's pretty much it it's all ron <laughs> everything i know ron taught me i see so oh then we've God. got um rippers rippers if uh so my understanding of rippers is a lot like it's the old i shouldn't say the old it's the von helsing movie yes is what i recall it's basically you know von helsing and those types of folks fighting monsters there's the frankenstein style monster adam and, and all these different things which is another stuff you could deal with all in that time period Yep, right. and it's all based on like the universal monsters, right? Like uh, Frankenstein and um, the Mummy, uh, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, and yep. the Mummy. All basically, all that stuff is is in there. Jack the Ripper's involved, obviously. And Weird uh, Wars is the World War II version of kind of like Deadlands. There's actually, actually a whole series of those. There's yeah, a, Weird Weird Wars was originally a D20 product. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buddy of mine yeah. ran Weird Wars right. D20 game. Yes. Okay. Yep. But, but Weird Wars is its own thing. Yeah, but they, have, but they have a series of different Weird Wars. There's Weird Wars Rome. I'm going to go in chronological Earth history order. Uh, Weird Wars Rome, um, Weird War One, Weird War Two, and Tour of Darkness, which is Vietnam. Vietnam, yeah. And uh, now, yeah, I, I, little piece of trivia. Um, Necropolis uh, from Triple yes. Games was originally written as a Weird War game, That's but true. since Wiggy split off from uh, Pinnacle and started his own company with uh, Dave Bluer and, and Rob Elliott at the time. Um, they were able to keep the license and, or not the license, but the IP and Necropolis is its own thing, but really it's, it's, a, weird a, war. it's a weird war game. Yeah. Nice. The more and you know. The more yeah, you know. Recently, recently uh, she, people have asked, you know, what is what else do we have in the weird war line that might be coming up? And Shane announced or hinted at, no, he pretty much said it actually outright, uh, Crusades. So Weird War Crusades. Nice. Okay. In the future. 
God wills it. Yes. <laughs> Old Masons. So anyway, yeah. Uh, and Last Parsec. Last Parsec, which is his answer to, what was it, Star Frontiers? It's a love letter it's to a Star love Frontiers. Letter. Right. And I love me some Star Frontiers. I really yeah, do. It's, and it, it nails it, man. Does I, it? Star Frontiers is the first game I ever GM'd. And when Ooh. I saw that they were doing this, the first thing I did was I, they, they, they announced it really close to a convention in, in Denver that I met them out at and talked to them about. And uh, when they told me this was coming, they was like, I was like, is it anything like Star Frontiers? And Shane's like, no, this is our love letter to Star Frontiers. And I was like, oh, my God. And I have all the books and completely, as a longtime fan, completely nailed it. Very good. Sweet. Really well done. So licensed properties that they've got, I know that they just, I'm a big Fofford and Gray Mauser fan. So we've got Lankmar. We've got yes. Fritz Library's Lankmar, which is really sexy cool. Yep. Um, Riffs, new, I heard about. And this is uh, Sean Patrick Fannin's running this ship. Am I correct? Oh, yep. yeah. Okay. He's the brand manager for that. And Flash Gordon. If you don't know yes. who Flash Gordon is. Uh, exactly. Scott, Scott Woodard is working on that one, which he did uh, the Six Gun as well. Okay. And, yep. Six Gun. Is, yeah. And uh, Solomon Kane, Swordsman Against Sorcery. Yes. Yeah. Solomon Kane and Fawford and the Grey Mauser are my absolute favorite pulp stories. Um, Solomon Kane so, is that one. He's that uh, Robert E. Howard character that gets loved by the people who know Robert E. Howard well. But, the, you know, people are like, oh, I like Conan. That means I like Robert E. Howard. No, dude, dig, dig deeper. Grab some Solomon yeah. Kane. Yeah. I, I, tell, I tell people Conan, or, Conan is for people that uh, don't actually like Robert E. Howard. He just, they just like Conan. I go. mean, Conan's that's, good. I'm, I'm going to awesome. admit that's me. So, uh, you know. <laughs> but but I, Solomon Kane had some really interesting stories. And uh, yeah, I did like the I film. I felt like it was darker. The film is yeah, not a good film. representation of, of. I liked the, it. Uh, I'm saying I liked it. Was, it. I like the movie. I like the movie. Not a good representation not of the books. All right. Back off. All right. It's okay, man. Sorry. I'm not nerd raging. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I will pop you. Read the next fucking book. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No nerd rage. Read the fucking but, uh, book. What's wrong but, uh, with you? Sean I'll throttle you. I'll, uh, <laughs> junk punch you. <laughs> so there, uh, there is a pl- there's plenty more. Like there's a shit. Ton oh, there's yeah. more coming. Yeah, and there's yeah. more coming. It's it's an endless yeah. And then and then there's the licensees, which are the third party publishers yep. who are doing. I mean, there are, I don't, we can't even, let's just not even talk about it. There's just no. so much. And oh, there's a, there's a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Standouts are obviously Interface Zero. Yeah. I got that um, one. That one's amazing. Um, we talk a lot about Accursed. I did you, some work I on Interface guys, Zero, but yep. honestly, I like it either way. So I have Interface Zero, Agents of Oblivion. Yep. Agents of Oblivion is killer. Mm-hmm. Nova Praxis. Nova Praxis is very cool, and I, I, I don't actually own Nova Praxis. And then some of the AAA stuff. Yep. Yeah. Hellfrost. Triple A's is where I got my start as an editor, actually. The compendiums. Yeah. The cool. compendiums are good, yeah. So, yeah. now, obviously, if we've got this much stuff... Oh, being and Streets of Bedlam. Only, I got to mention Streets of Bedlam. Streets of Bedlam. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. Jason. I know my buddy Jason Blair. Used to live in Madison. Nice. Right. Yeah. Little so, figures. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. We've got this much crap being published. That means it is it works and there's so much is crap, dude. It sounds no, like crap. hey, a terrible word. There's all, all this amazing product there. That's better. There you yes. go. Um, <clears throat> so when this much stuff gets put out, that means that there's clearly a market. Unless these guys are totally going like late '80s, early '90s TSR, where they're just going to die. But I don't see that happening. It's what comes out is tends to be really good, and they don't. There's a lot of things, but 
I want to say this is that it's kind of the 5e finally caught on to this where they have a limited kind of runs, right? You know, where Pinnacle puts out some good stuff. They don't flood the market with with stuff. But when they come out with um, Lankmar, when they come out with a file from the Grey Mouse, they have a boom, boom, boom. We'll do this one, then this one, then this one. They have a right. plan and they and they approach it that way. And now so, the Kickstarters, they're just putting them out all in bulk almost. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. It, it's um, here's everything you need. Right. Go. Which is awesome. Yeah. So yeah. we've got to get it. We got to get into the system here. So everything that we talked about so far, this sounds amazing, sexy, cool. I love a lot of what we said. So we got to talk about how this damn thing works. Sure. Right. Yeah. Let's so we, yeah, it. we can skip. Hey, Brett, we can skip down the uh, the list that we have here, the outline that we. I, I didn't build this goddamn outline. I have no. I have no loyalty to this outline. Well, I know, and that's why I will mute <laughs> well, you. Well, we we did talk about <laughs> setting rules already, right? We Where did. The setting rules, a bitch. You know, you have all these settings. <laughs> they all have different takes on you know what happens and or how you play the game with that particular setting or genre. So yeah. that's that's pretty much what what you're going to get with with any particular setting that you purchase. And Brett, uh, I'm going to say this right now: whether you guys want to do it this way or hang out on air or whatever you want to do, if if Christian gets the warm fuzzy uh, Google Plus action, he'll probably be happier and more comfortable. But if at the end of this you're not convinced on Savage Worlds, I will run a game of Savage Worlds for you on, on online. Let's do it. Yes. So, I, think no what, I think no matter what happens, we're going to do that. That's, a, right. that's worth a double. We've never so, done a double on here. That's a first. It's a double applause. The first. Awesome. All right. So lay it on me. How the hell does how the hell does this thing work? We've got exploding dice. I got cards. I got chips. I got all sorts of stuff. What happens? How does this you, work? You want me to kick it off, Ron? Or do you want to you lead? I'll lead. All right. Ron, I think Ron froze or he's just being quiet. I don't know I'm which. Good. All right. Uh, so uh, let's start with characters, right? Um, to start with, Savage Worlds is a classless system, which you all know. But in case... Hey, let's not be, hey, let's not no be too harsh on Savage Worlds, I, I, I have right? no class. I could totally it's, do this. Yeah, it has no class. So, no, it's, wow. it's Savage, right? No, so no classes, which the great thing about that is it means you can create literally... If you want to be a wizard who's like, you know, swinging a sword and not having any kind of... And wearing armor even... You can just say, it. God forbid, a wizard that wears armor. I know. I know. Shock, right? Um, so, let, yeah. So, let, anyway, let's, let's start with characters. Um, your attributes, uh, like in D&D, you have strength, dexterity, etc., right? Uh, you have five core attributes in Savage Worlds. And um, those attributes are represented by die sizes, starting with D4, D6, D8, D10, D12. That's crazy. Yeah, it's great. And you know Am what you I do? correct that generally speaking, it doesn't go above a D12, right? Generally speaking, unless you're using after D12, yeah, you add pluses, so plus one, plus two, plus three after D12. But, yeah, but in in core, no. But in in you can get up to D12 plus two. Certain edges let you. You have yes. to have certain edges that let you. Yes. So yes. so then yes then right. <laughs> well, die, we're talking die type. So anyway, <laughs> anyway. die types, not right. die type plus numbers. It's not the DCC die chain. Um, so yeah, yeah. skills, no. skills are, are the same thing. They're, they're die sizes, die types, and collectively skills and attributes are known as traits. Now in Savage Worlds, whenever you're going to roll, whenever you're going to attempt to do something, it's usually a trait roll. So it meaning it's either going to be an attribute or a skill and you roll that die. And if you're a wild card, you get to roll, um, a wild die, which is a D six with it. Yep. Right. But you so don't, do you add them? Do you add them? You don't add them. You don't add them. But what's really cool What's really cool is if you roll the highest value on that die, it aces, Which, meaning it explodes. And you get to re-roll it and add it again. And that's, you keep doing that and doing that. You're going to be going through a lot of dice if they all explode, Christian. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying. Hobby. The book is cheap, and that's why. The dice, the dice will kill you. 
So right. this harkens me back to my World of Darkness days where you had the 10 again rule, right? You had the die pool of D10s. Right. And if I rolled a 10, if I was specialized in a thing, I could always roll again. You could keep going and going and going. You, that way exactly. I could conceivably have four dice and have 16 successes. Because <laughs> the difference being this crazy. The difference being this game system doesn't suck the life out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> oh, oh I missed that. I missed that. Systems, but for God's sake. He's, he's <laughs> sleeping over there. Gus, wake I'm gonna, up. I'm going to roll to hit. Now I'm going to roll to see if I damage you. And if I do damage you, then and you, you roll get to, to roll soak it. See, if, that see if you got hit. And then you can roll to see if you soak it. And then. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> To my credit, I used to be able to run that really freaking quick, but that Me was too. Uh, that actually, was that was a lot of just go hey, go grind hey, grind. Vampire right. lovers, hey! Some of my all time favorite games were in Vampire absolutely. and Werewolf, and oh, absolutely, oh, Werewolf, Vampire, that's great, good times. So, Ron, shut why, up, why, shut why up, don't Sean. you? Uh, good times. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ron, why don't you tell us about wild cards? Okay, and, uh, yeah, so, wild cards and extras. So, wild cards and extras, really simple. The main difference between wild cards and extras is that. Um, Wild cards can take multiple wounds. If an extra takes a wound, it's down. Okay. Um, the second difference is the wild card gets to use a wild die, which is that second D6 that gives you the roll keep type of situation for um, coming up with your with your uh, your test. And that's basically it. Um, you got these wounds. You can take uh, four wounds before you die. And uh, you can take uh, two levels of fatigue, and then on the third level of fatigue, you could die, depending on where you got the fatigue from. Well, well, technically, you're not necessarily dead. You're just incapacitated. Sure. Potential to die. Right. Just incapacitated. There's this really cool incapacitation chart that um, you roll on to see if you survive um, or just get permanently wounded or you know, get partially wounded or temporarily wounded. But it's a, it's a little critical. It's a little critical hit chart, basically. I mean, it, for it's 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 like know. a critical hit, but you don't roll it as often as other. Correct. Uh, this is only yeah. when you're you're down. I mean, down. It's, down yeah, down. it's basically risk of okay, you're stable or you're bleeding out or you've also sustained an injury, which there's then an injury table or you're dead. That's that's so, pretty much what it boils down but, to. But here's how easy it is to die. To give you an example, and this is why I call it Savage Worlds. When if your die result is a one or less, you're dead. You're done discussing it on your vigor trait test. So you're going to make a vigor roll. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to make that vigor roll. And if you've got three wounds or if you've taken your fourth wound and you've fourth been incapacitated, right. you're going to take a minus three on that vigor roll. So if you roll a four or less, you're dead. But what about these right. these Benny things I hear? You can uh, force trait rerolls. Yeah, can, can that's you not? where Benny's come in. Oh. Benny's allow you to reroll your traits. Brett loves Benny's. Do you ever tell you he loves, 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 loves love games where players game. can tell him, "Fuck you, GM. That doesn't happen. Screw you, oh, Brett. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Don't you, Brett? If, Brett love loves it. losing control in games. Don't you, Brett? Shut up, Sean. If I, you just like having <laughs> cool shit on your table, the Savage Worlds is the whole reason to do it. You've got dice, obviously. You've got decks of cards. You've got whatever you want to use for bennies. You've got charts you can hand out if you want to to help people it's all toys, uh, do a man. better job. It's freaking it's all chaos. Toys. Yeah. It's chaos. No wonder Brett hates it. Templates. No, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it sounds crazy. No, so, so here's the deal then. So I get it. I've got dice that explode. 
Uh, if I get hit, I can take up to four wounds or I could die. Something permanently bad happens to me after I'm incapacitated, something shitty there. So seriously, though, from from the Benny's perspective, wild cards get you get so many a game. Yep, you start out with GM three per some. session. Yeah, three per session. And uh, uh, GM that. gets one per player character. Right. And then every wild card that the GM brings out has two of their own Bennies. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, there are edges that give players more or less starting Bennies. Um, or edges and hindrances, I should say. They give them more or less starting Bennies. Um, and based, there are other ways Bennies can be increased or reduced based on the setting. Now, wasn't there a time? Now, I don't know if this is, I think it changed from from Savage Worlds Explorer's Edition to Deluxe. Is when the GM awarded a Benny, the GM would get a Benny. No, no. Okay. That's never been a thing. Never been a thing. That's just no. Sean. Sean like, just does it wrong. Yeah. No, on. Much wow. yeah. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm wrong. In hey, Dead I'm wrong. Lands, in Deadlands, um, the Bennies are broken down into fate chips. Hmm. And there is a red fate chip you can use. Yes. Oh, yeah. And if the player uses that to get a plus one D6 on their roll <clears throat> instead of a reroll, then the GM gets to draw a Benny. That's the only time a GM gets to draw a Benny in the game. Okay. Right. Now, some GMs have house rules where they'll say, if you give me the Benny, like if you spend a Benny, it's mine. Gotcha. Right? Like I use it. Uh, we but call that's a house dicks. rule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they call, you call it what, Ron? We call them dicks. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. So, but the, 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 special main purpose, kind of GM. the main purpose of the Benny, though, is to reroll trait rolls, or what else does it do? So, it can be used to mitigate um, damage. How? So you take damage and let's say i i deal two wounds to you as the game master i so say you've got two wounds um you can make a vigor roll each success and raise which is a, a increments of four um you get to negate a wound that you were just dealt it's like a soak roll okay as a former world of darkness uh player okay. that's actually what it's called <laughs> and it's called a soak, <laughs> roll. soak roll okay we should just call it soak um, we should just call it soak it's easier okay you can use it to automatically become unshaken at any time okay um, and, and that's is, regardless of whether it's your turn or not. Right. And so shaking is a, is a thing that happens if you've kind of had your bell rung in combat. It's a condition. It's a, it's a condition. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's, it's a condition. Like, it's like you got hit uh, for damage, but you, not enough damage to cause an actual wound. You're or just, appropriately scared. Right. Or someone tricked you. Hey, look at that guy behind you. And you look back. You're technically shaken. <laughs> and if you're going to take combat to a even more theoretical than a hit point, right? A hit point's a pretty theoretical concept of I've got two left or three left. If you take it down to like four big wounds, Gumshoe even has ranges and chunks of wounding that, that can happen to you. When right. you do that, then it makes sense that you have to have these types of conditions that hit you because, look, you were hit. I didn't really take a full wound. Something happened, so shaken is the answer to that. Right. Yes. Okay. Or in some cases where you were hit by an attack, but you didn't suffer either a shaken condition or a wound, you just kind of write it off as you know a scratch or a you know, graze or something to that effect. Effect, um, and that and and the idea is that like with D and D, you track every single hit, you know, every single piece of damage. This sort of abstracts it, and it's like, yeah, you got hit, but we're not gonna. It wasn't hard enough that you have to track it. We're only gonna track it when it's so significant that it's going to impact the character's performance. Which is which is character. which is to the yeah. to your earlier point, Ron. Of it's got to be cinematic, right? Yep. And that you see the movie, the only way, I mean, he takes five arrows, you're like, what is fucking Conan? Whatever, dude. Oh, wait, he lost a leg. Now we're worried, you know? <laughs> right. So now it's we're kind of, it's kind of that, that type of thing. So, uh, Benny's again. So we reroll, we can reroll dice with them. We can get rid of being shaken at any time. Right. What else can they do? Um, and, you can soak 
uh, damage. Oh, that's right. Soak damage. Okay. And um, there's a lot of house rules that have that are that have been made kind of public about Benny's. Some people will let you. Oh, uh, I have a thing. Uh, you know. Um, oh, did you did you pack that in your in your backpack before the adventure? Right. No, so that, but I have a Benny that says I might have. And, and, the, and that sounds like the light side, dark side, Sean. That we sure. got uh, Edge of the Empire, or yeah. even in Gumshoe, it's yeah, where you've got resource points. Check. Yeah. Yeah. So a one, lot of a lot of tables play have a thing with the Benny. Yeah, one uh, one house rule I actually created and I've used a couple times is um, just like with a with a die roll, you can you can spend a Benny to re-roll. I also use it, which we'll get into this later, uh, for initiative when you're dealt a card. If you want another card, I let somebody spend a Benny to give me. You know, to give them a, a new card. So just things like that. But that's a house oh, wow. That's yeah. not, yeah. That's cool. um, so in the interest of my cur- my earlier statement, like I couldn't kill anybody, I'm clearly was doing combat wounding wrong because even if you had a fistful of bennies, there's a limit, right? I mean, at some point you're out and you're screwed if you didn't, yep. if you didn't make your vigor roll. And if there's more than two, three, four, five different combats or dangerous environments you're in where you're forced to do this stuff, that Benny economy, as they say, kicks yes. in where things are flying. So how the hell do I get new ones, right? By just core rules. If I if I start out with what three? Yeah, well, this core, this takes core us, rules. Yeah, this takes us into hindrances uh, as okay. one way. Um, with hindrances, uh, there's minor and major, and basically they award points for you to be able to spend on additional edges or on uh, increasing skills or increasing attributes at character creation. And um, the cool thing about hindrances is that they're usually things that can uh, either socially, role-playing-wise, can impede you, or in combat can impede you. If you play to those hindrances, it's it's strongly encouraged, even in the core rules, that characters who play to those hindrances or who who invoke those hindrances should be awarded a Benny during gameplay. It's also encouraged that if somebody does something really cool uh, or really funny or just really uh, dramatic during gameplay or really, really uh, creative even, give Heroic. them a Benny. Heroic. Right. Give them a Benny. Just, you know, yep. reward that good behavior, so to speak. You kind of like give them a doggy biscuit, so to, you know. In a, in yeah, a and, and when with the hindrances <laughs> perspective, then you don't get into the, oh, I've got five dependent Oof. NPCs that never show up or I'm supposed to have this thing that never occurs. Like, you know, no, if no, you're like GURPS or back in the merits and flaws of the old vampire game, you could have a flaw that like, son of a bitch, he's blind in his left eye. That never happened. No, no one cared. Right. He was blind in his left eye, you know, because it never really mattered. It didn't no, do these things these things come into play, and they should come into play, and people should remember them. I also do a system where I encourage other players at the table to nominate other players for Benny. So, because I'm I'm busy running a bunch of crap on the table, right? I'm not going to always catch everything that comes into play. But if somebody else noticed, hey, you know what? That thing he did was really cool. Give him a Benny. I'll be like, all right, you get a Benny. Because Christian didn't think it was cool. I didn't so, think it was cool. I need somebody <laughs> to tell me it was cool. So last week I ran a, an accursed one shot because my group's about to start playing accursed, and I wanted to give everybody a, kind of a taste of the setting. And we were also vetting uh, two new players to our group. And the very first combat, my buddy Casey, they were playing veteran characters, which is a pretty high level Savage Worlds character. The adventure was designed for seasoned characters, which is a full sort of level behind veteran. Um, there were they they were doing that in the first combat. Um, I used Benny because the the bad guy I was running stepped out and did this sweep move, which attacks everybody in the in a, in you know in a circle around him. Um, I used a Benny to re-roll because I didn't like my roll, <laughs> which. 
I encourage GMs to do. And very first combat, very first swing from my side, killed one of the players at the table. <laughs> one yeah. of the player characters. Oops. One shot, w- one shot kill. And he didn't have or didn't oh, he, choose he had spend, bennies. Did, but didn't didn't help him. It didn't he, do enough. Could, <laughs> I was gonna say he could vigor roll the fuck out of it, but it didn't matter. He's he, not he made a bunch of rolls and then eventually saved his last Benny for his vigor roll. He rolled a three, which would have given him a zero. And then he rolled a four, which gave him a one. I said, your character is dead. <laughs> that sucks. So wow. with, the, wow. with the Benny economy, and I haven't talked to like Phil and Chris about fate with this either, but sometimes a worry I have and probably ill-founded and you know, no, no reality behind it is that with a Benny economy, does the Benny economy or have you seen it take over from the story where people are hoarding stuff? They don't want to spend it. Um, it mean you know what I'm saying is sometimes you can have this weird thing happening where it's if you've ever seen the the horror stories of to go again to vampire you could play a vampire LARP where you had some guy sitting in the corner who had a critical piece of information but didn't want to get involved and you can but, get that where you've got I want to hang on to my five bennies because I've earned them and I don't want to I don't want to spend them because there could be a big fight I mean does that get in the way so talking the company, to Shane oh go yeah ahead. go ahead I was gonna say, I was just say talking to Shane he said the number one issue that Pinnacle has been trying to solve with the Savage World system is that they have a hard time getting players to spend bennies on anything but soak rolls. Hmm. And it's, it's why they recently changed the rules for becoming unshaken. Um, they're looking to get the players to, to spend more bennies. It's not that not enough are being handed out. Although I have to say some GMs are pretty stingy with them. Yeah. Um, but in general, not enough people are spending them, and I and I think that's just player education. So that makes sense because when I think about why I couldn't kill my players, well, characters, sorry, characters, not players. I like my players, characters. It's easy to kill players. At least once an episode. At least once an episode. I've got to threaten my players at some point. No, but if I think we, I was in a situation. It's been a few years now, but I, Explorers Edition was the when I tried to do it. But anyhow. I think we're in a con- where I was in a situation where we're using them to soak the shit out of everything. No, nope, I soak that. Nope, I want to redo my vigor. It's just yep. they basically use it as a soak roll booster. Yep. It was really fucking hard to hurt anybody. And then like whatever, so, I can't be stopped. You know. So right. you need to, as a GM, I do things to goad my players into using their bennies. Put them in situations that I'll say, and them. I'll say it straight up. I'll say, you want a benny that? No, right? Sure. <laughs> now, is that how, now, Ron, is that house is that house ruling by you guys? Is or is that I mean I know the I know the system encourages it. I was doing some rereading before the show here. I know it strongly encourages you know, kind of house ruling, if you will, to to make this type of thing happen. But if you read it as written, and I'm not trying to be a complete prick about this, but as written, it is there a mechanic in there that I'm missing that, that lets you do that? Or is that just, you know, being a good savage savage game master, this is just how you do it? Bottom line is, if your players aren't, it is. It's definitely the way you're game mastering. It has nothing to do with the system in and of itself, right? The system makes the assumption that bennies are being spent. It's written around the concept that bennies are being spent. It is in the nature of players to protect their characters, and therefore they don't spend those bennies. So, it is the, in my opinion, it becomes the GM's job to make sure the system runs as it's intended, which means those bennies are getting spent. See, that's a damn I feel like I have like failed. That. I feel like I have failed if I haven't goaded my players into each spending at least one Benny on a non-combat thing. Yeah, yeah. Because that I, means I'm not being enticing enough with, with information 
or um, I haven't pissed them off personally enough with <laughs> being able to trick a character into right. doing I, something. I got right. it. So, so I, I feel I, it's my job. So I think, there's, I think there's a couple of things that, um, that it, like when you come from a, a game like D&D, for example, where it's attrition-based and you have a resource management component to it, Savage Worlds is not that type of game. But that habit is really hard to kill. Right. So when you see a Benny, and especially because it's a metagame component, it's not an actual like role playing component, it's a metagame component. When you see a Benny and you see a physical, tangible resource that you're trying to, you know, you, you're, it's an, it's just inherent that you want to protect it. Yeah. I've got so three I, poker chips right in front of me, dude. I, I can see them yeah. away. <laughs> I got three and I only got three. And I'm, yeah. And you want, and you're like, some, something bad can happen. Right. I mean, and let's be honest. We spend our lives thinking that way as far as, you know, money and things like that too. So, you know, it's just, it's hard for as a human being to probably break that. And I think that's the struggle that, that Pinnacle is having is there, you know, how do we in the rules or in the presentation say, please spend those bennies, just spend them. You're going to get more, you know, depending on the setting, of course. Well, but. it can be brutal if you're out of bennies, man. Oh, it is brutal if you're well, out I'll of bennies. I'll tell you what though. So ever, after having played more uh, gumshoe uh, recently, right. it, that, that's another, it's a resource attrition thing, right? So you have five points. Or excuse me, three to four points usually in an investigative ability. When you're out, you don't have any points to spend. It's very easy to sucker yeah. a player to uh, say, "Hey, you know, so that's what you got." At your cursory glance of your, you know, forensic pathology, you got X. Right. right. Spend a point to try to get some more. Well, fuck yeah, I do. You right. give them something cool and sexy. Like, ooh, you, you mean there might be more for another point? I don't know. You want to spend another point and find out? Ah, oh, mother. Right, yeah, I spend another point. So. I think coming from that mindset, if I go back to a Savage Worlds now, I'm gonna I'll take that same DM toolkit with me, that 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 kit box, and I'll be able to use the same type of uh goading, if you will, as Ron was saying, like, hey guys, come on, come on. Throw it out there, come on. There's right. another there's another technique. If there is a rule in any role playing game that you want the players to start using, use it against them first. Yes. And that's that's if you want them to. Yeah. If you want to get them to use wild attack. Say this creature's wild attacking you. They get what plus is that? Two to attack and damage. Bam. Yeah. If you want them to use bennies to make sure they hit something. Say, you know what? He really wants to hit you. He's going to spend a benny on this. Bam. Roll. Now right. you're going to take damage because I spent a benny. Enjoy that. Booyah. You, you, that's right. how you teach them. Damn it, Ron. You hit me. Yeah, I did it with one of these. Oh, I got three of those. Bam, bam, bam. Exactly. Exactly. All right. It all works, right. man. But that's a good works. point. That's a very and good point. I think also, like, you know, awarding bennies in gameplay, you know, they're going to see, oh, okay, there's there's a pool. There's there's a supply. I, I don't need to hoard these as badly as, you know, as I think I do. So, yeah. So, and, and like <laughs> tricks in Savage Rose, there's this thing called tricks they're, or tests of will. And these are little social non-physical things that you can do to people to cause them to become shaken in combat. Okay? Right. Like, hey, look at that guy behind you. Or you run up a wall and land behind somebody. Or um, you throw sand in their face. Those are all different types of tricks. Right. Let me tell you something. Players never use tricks until one of your bad guys causes them to be shaken simply by making a miss a smarts roll. Yeah, actually, so if I <laughs> right. think back to uh, D&D uh, and Pathfinder, the first time I actually got anybody to deal with Sunder was when one of my bad guys broke the guy's magic sword. There yeah. you go. You can do that with Sunder? You fucking right, I can. That's Shatter. Right. <laughs> and you can too. Exactly. <laughs> you can cost too. Two <laughs> You can easily step up to the plate, you lazy bastard, and cleave right. that sword. That's awesome. So are you guys good? Because we're like at an hour. We're going to definitely go over. I'm, I'm good. 
Yeah, yeah. let's keep trucking. Enjoying myself. Let's you guys are awesome. keep rolling. Let's yeah. keep rolling. So, long, uh, long, should, long. should we should we step into edges? Well, I think we should talk about edges, and I also want to get into the XP and advancement perspective because when we talk right. classless and when yep. we, you know, how, how the hell do you advance and get better? Because that was another piece of feedback I got from my team was like, I don't think my guy can get any better. Right. And I, again, I'm doing something wrong, and I want to hear. I want to know what I'm right. doing wrong. I've already found out a few things. So okay, all, all right. right. So what if you let's, cover just uh, Christian? Yeah, I'll do that. All right. So edges, edges are essentially what replaced. If you think about somebody who's transitioning from D and D or D twenty two to Savage Worlds, edges are what replace um, feats and class abilities. Okay, and that's that's what edges really are. Um, there's a, a series of types of edges. Uh, you have background edges, combat edges, leadership. Power edges, professional, social, weird, wild card, and legendary. Background edges are things you typically take at character creation, right? Um, you might be able to get some of those during gameplay if the story suits it, but usually they're kind of they're quasi restricted to character creation. Right. Com- combat edges are just like the you know combat edges, anything related to combat, right? Just beating the crap out of people or taking a hit, right? Um, leadership edges are all about leading a group, usually, um, most commonly in situations where there's maybe like a military type group or something to that effect. And so you can bolster, uh, your, your, your team. Bards, oh, man. They, they remind me a little bit of, um, the class from D and D. What was it? The Marshall? Was it? Oh, they- okay. So it's kind of the, um, a very combat oriented bard. Yeah, where so like that, you, that person can, stands there, grabs the standard, runs to the top. Are you with me? And everybody charges behind him because right. Here. So like, if your group is shaken, you know they can get a bonus. Anybody within a certain radius on the table uh, can get a bonus to their uh, vigor roll to or spirit roll, I should say, to recover yeah. from being shaken. Yeah. And there's other edges that expand on that. You know, increasing in the combat. Savage Worlds also um, has a feature where the players get to control allies sometimes. You might right. have a couple of uh, you know militia guys that are helping you out or whatever, and leadership edges have a lot of great effects on those. So if you're playing a game like Christian said, that's a military game where you might have multiple squads, or you're each handling a couple guys in the squad, um, those leadership edges can be huge for that. That was right. a cool thing I remember reading through the uh, deluxe edition when I was rereading it was that oh this it encourages me and gives me a really good way to dish some of that game master duty off onto somebody else like oh god yes. i've got five different squads out there hey guess what you've got alpha beta gamma and you got stevie off you go exactly you know, right exactly beta, right now I'm running alpha gamma game. and stevie yeah that that's an invaders <laughs> that's that's an invader zim reference for anybody out there who oh, got that so there nice. you go it's from the zim I, eats waffle waffles episode by the way carry on yeah uh, I was just nice. going to say, like, I'm running a, a, an adventure called Zombie Run where there's a, a bus of other NPCs, basically, that, that the party meets up with. And um, I gave the leader of that group some leadership edges so that he can manage those people during combat. And But I let the players run those characters. So, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so power edges are basically things like um, you can get a new power when you advance. You can get a, more power points. Uh, you, uh, what, I forgot what the other They modify are. your arcane backgrounds. Yeah, pretty much. So this is like spells, kind Psych. of. It, yeah. So is this is this where I would get like my fireball and my psychic, you know, professor right. X stuff, and and also modifies the way you use them, makes you stronger at casting them, um, recover power things. points faster, you know, right. things like that. Uh, professional it. edges are pretty much the professional edges are pretty much your classes. 
So you'll have as you get to class classes. Pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. And most of them are kind of like, you know, plus two to this, plus two to that. Um and they but they don't stack with each other. The bonuses from those from those edges do not stack with each other. That's an important thing to know. Um a lot of people make that mistake. They'll start stacking those bonuses. Um so you'll see things like thief, wizard, um I forgot what the other ones are. Uh Huntsman. Huntsman. No, uh Wilder- no, I forget. Is it Huntsman? One of the settings has a huntsman. Something like that. Yeah. Um, that's Woodsman. 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 That's it. Yeah. Um, what else? We have uh, uh, social edges are like connections. Um, I'm drawing a blank now. Well, that's your, I, I, do I know the chief of police? Do I have, yeah. do I have this? Do I, how, how many Call nobles favors. do I know? How, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, weird edges are kind of cool. That's where you have things like the spidey sense or the beast master type, you know, effect and, and those things. So there's one called uh, danger sense, which is spidey sense. Um, beast friend, I think is what it's called or beast, beast master. I forget what it's yep. called. Um, and then um, there's a couple others that I can't recall offhand right now. Uh, so those are weird edges. The, this one, this category is kind of awkward. Um, I think it's awkward personally. I don't, I've never seen them in play and I don't use them. It's the wild card edges. The reason why they're wild card edges is because they only apply when that character has drawn a joker during combat, which is kind of awkward because it's how often is that going to come up during a game? So you've spent, you know, an advance. Depends or on how many people at your table have level headed and quick. True, but it only applies to the character that drew the joker, not if a joker was drawn in general. But that goes to Ron's point earlier, right? If you know how to, if you know how to build your character and you pay attention, like, okay, yeah, I guess, you know, I really think this weird edge might work. I'd like to use it. You've got to do some reverse engineering, if you will, back to the if character. I'm sitting at a table with a bunch of people that are taking level-headed and quick. <laughs> I might then do the same. I might take quick and then take a wild card edge because more cards are being drawn. More yeah, cards I, are being drawn. You're getting through that deck to hit the uh, the jokers. Right. Right. But it only applies if you get it. But when they come up, they're amazing. <laughs> That's true. And they yeah, are stuff like are, double the damage you just did. So it's okay. not so, and we'll get into this later when we talk about initiative. But when you draw the Joker, you're going to get a plus two to, to all your trait die and your damage die for that round, and you can act whenever you want. On top of that, you're going to get whatever weird, whatever this wild card edge grants you as well. So yeah, it's definitely impacting when when it comes up. I can see guys in my group doing it because they're going to look at it. look. I don't fucking care what the odds are, dude. That's sexy, and they're going to grab it because hey, that one, that two and fifty two that yeah. happens or whatever, done. And they are. Yeah, they are pretty epic moments when they do happen, right? It's like, wow, that's that doubled my damage. Fantastic. So, uh, and then the last category is legendary edges. These are edges that come into play when you reach the legendary rank, which is the highest rank you can achieve in Savage Worlds. Um, you you can advance beyond legendary, like as far as XP and stuff, and we'll get into that. Um, but these edges are are sort of reserved for that that level. Brett is a vet veteran with legendary edges in my world. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Nice. So, Ron, uh, why don't you tell us about XP and Advancement? All right. I can go over XP and Advancement. Basically, um, you're going to get an average of 2 XP per session. What? Uh, that's that's the cheap. Quit being cheap, Ron. Your face. And so... <laughs> oh, <fine>. All right. <laughs> Sweet. Hey, welcome to the show, Ron. Blessing, everybody. <laughs> Keep in mind, you advance. It only takes 5 XP to advance. Oh. No, it only takes 5 no. XP to get an Advancement. Oh, I thought I had to get to like 1,000, man. No. No, this isn't... Uh, this isn't yeah, that game. Oh, that game. oh, okay. All right, cool. Hey, it's not those games. Hey, King, <laughs> continue on, man. This is great. So every five XP, you get an advancement. It averages a little more than every, or a little less often than every other session. Um, and that's and you could tweak that as a GM. I'm about to run a cursed, 
And because I know I'm running it for 10 sessions, I'm giving out, I'm starting everybody at season and giving out five XP every session. <laughs> Damn. Cause it's, it's going to be awesome. That's aggressive, man. It's going to be great. Yeah. So, um, when you get an advance, you can do one of a couple of things. You can get a new edge, um, once per, per rank. And I'll explain ranks in a minute. You can get, um, update an attribute. So let's say your attribute of smarts is a D4, like Christian's. You could raise it oh. to a D6. Hey, <laughs> okay. All right. So that, that's how I, that's how I increase my D4A. Aim. It's animal intelligence. <laughs> that's right. D4A. <laughs> so well, that's animal you, magnetism. Or you can increase your skill. Yeah, there you go. You can increase your skills. Um, and there's a, you get a couple of skill points and it depends on the way you want to spend them. Um, now, we said every 5 XP is an advancement. Every 20 XP changes your rank. At 0, you are a novice. At 20, you are a, um, a seasoned character. At 40, you're a veteran character. At 60, you are heroic. And at 80, you're legendary. And once you become legendary, you only get an advancement every 10 XP after that instead of every 5. Now, why are rank why why is rank important, Ron? Rank's important because a lot of the edges in the game and the powers in the game have rank requirements. And there's cooler stuff that you can do. Like you need to be a veteran to cast the zombie power, which means you can make other people zombies. And and even within some powers, they have like tables of what like a summon type power. Uh, There might or something to that effect. There might be a a table. Powers can get cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like there's a, a uh, there's a shape change power that, um, depending on your rank, tells you how cool of an animal you can turn that's, into. That's that's what I was thinking of shape change. Yeah. yeah. Now also with with regards to powers and and uh, rank, once per rank you can take the new power edge. Yep. You can't you can't take it more than once per rank if I recall correctly. Uh, no, oh, it's it's new power points. Is that what it is? Okay. Oh, you're right. Okay. You can get as many new powers as you want to waste your, your money That's on. That's right. That's right. It's power points. It's adding power points, which gives you, you know, the ability wow. to... Epic fail on my behalf. Way to go, man. I blew it. I'm fired. That's okay. So in combat... I feel like I failed because I didn't teach you that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that better. Don't blame like the student. Better. Blame the teacher. That's right. Um, so combat? So combat. Now, we talked about the playing cards for initiative. We're, this is not a D6, D10, D20, D whatever. This is a actual deck of playing cards, jokers included. Right. Yep. Right. And there are two edges that can influence uh, your luck with initiative. Uh, one is quick, where anything less than a five, you get to redraw. And then the other is... Um, uh, level-headed. Uh, level-headed. Thank you. Where you just get two cards every time you draw. And you get the best of the two. Ooh. Right. Ooh. And then there's improved level-headed that lets you get three cards and... And, and if you have and if you have both of those, if you have quick and uh, improved level headed, you any card that's less than a five. Actually, that only applies once. Oh, really? You know, quick only comes into play if all of your level headed cards uh, are under. Well, right now, I know I want Christian to run my first savage rules. Yeah, game, me too. I, that's right. I can break those rules left and right. I know. Yeah. I can, I'm Let's get quick and level headed awesome. going. I've been doing it wrong. Ah. Oh. Oh, that's okay, so, man. Okay, so why why is the why is the playing? So I look at the deck of cards. I'm like, what a pain in my ass! What what's so what's cool about this? Why, is, why is they're this, the best actually, thing ever because you always yeah. know when the next person's up because it's yeah. a countdown from ace to two. Right. Okay. So, so it's a you, misconception you don't have that it's to, harder. 
yeah, it's easier. You don't it's have to keep easier. track of of rolling initiative and say, oh, he had a twenty, so he goes, and then seventeen goes, and then this. It's literally you just count down. You're like ace. Everybody that has an ace. Ties are broken by reverse uh, alphabetical, alphabetical of, um, suits. of the suits, yeah. right. which, by the way, is not a weird Savage Worlds thing. That's actually how it works in poker, too. Poker. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. So um, so it's super easy. It's like I, the number one thing I have heard from people that play Savage Worlds um, that go away from Savage Worlds, they tend to bring the, the card deck with them. Right. They tend right. to say, oh, I'm going to start using this Savage Worlds initiative in my other games. Uh, that's one of the biggest yeah. things that gets taken away. And the reason, it, oh, sorry, go, Christian. I was going to say it's it's just a big misconception when people first come to Savage Worlds. They're like, "Oh, this is gimmicky. This is stupid. I want to roll a die." And it's like, "Hold on, just try it." And when they try it, they love it. They absolutely love it because again, but nobody just, loves it more than a game master. You you look across the table and it's like you see what everybody has, and and then of course you have different effects like uh, card draws can af- are used on other tables and other. Uh, uh, situational rules as well. And so the suit might matter in those cases as well. So it's a nice twist to random tables. Um, it's, it's a really cool element in the game, but you were going to say, Brett, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so we've got two jokers in the mix, right? And the jokers right. let you go whenever you want. Is that the key? That's yep. it. Okay. They, get, they let so you go whenever you want. have jokers, they have to roll off agility. Right. And, and that's, that's and you that. get bonuses. And if uh, you pull a joker, you automatically uh, get a plus two to all of your rolls. For that round, damn right. damage and and trait rolls, and um, the other thing is you can you can act whenever you want, including interrupting. I believe automatically. Yep. Yeah, and um, there was one other. Oh, there's also a setting rule that you can employ if you choose to, where whenever a joker is drawn in the in combat, everybody at the table gets a Benny. That's a setting rule. That That's you a can setting do. rule, but it's a fun setting rule. It's a it's a good way to add to that. I use it at conventions thing. to make sure yeah. I'm giving out enough bennies. Yeah, because at a convention you want to keep it rolling, and right. that way, in case you got one guy who's a little timid, not quite sure, dude, here's one, just go. Yep, and they're all going to not know me, and so they're going to be um, weaker minded against my charms to get them to spend their nice. money. So I feel like nice. I should give them more. <laughs> Your Jedi <laughs> mind tricks are oh quite my powerful. God. When you don't right. Shut up, now, Sean. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, whenever a Joker is drawn, too, you immediately reshuffle the deck. So one yeah. cool tip is keep two decks of cards at the table. So that if you're in the middle of combat, you're not stopping it to shuffle that deck. You're just you just grab the other deck, let one of the players you know shuffle it for you while you're moving on with combat. And so, uh, I like just that. from Clint Black, when you do that, whoever you hand the deck off to, you usually yep. give it to the person with the fewest bennies and give them a benny for shuffling the deck. <gasps> yep, I have heard I have uh. heard or read that somewhere. Yes, okay, cool, yep. very cool. That's a that's a Clint Black special from way back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's rocking 2003 right there. Nice. So <laughs> so when so just just so I'm clear then it sounds like the initial and, and Christian you had you you said this right so the cards the the bennies and the dice it feels like there's a lot of stuff on the table potentially yep. and a new person right. coming to it like like Brett is gonna go fuck dude what do I need all this shit for however right. you want to travel light usually <laughs> yeah I do I mean seriously I mean I, I want to show yeah. up with as, as little as I have to however that means it's not like a ton of stuff I don't need you know a, a crate of poker chips with me I, I don't need that depending yeah. on the volume of people at the table it's gonna come and go and everything's gonna move but and, and let's be honest you actually don't need anything physical for Benny's that's a good point you really don't I they mean, can have tick marks know. on a character sheet if they need to that's yeah. a good Okay. And it's just it's just a fun element. Some people will use bennies instead of just poker chips. Like for my Eberron game, I actually have these little acrylic crystal shards to represent dragon shards. Oh, nice. 
and they're in different colors do different things. Uh, basically, I borrowed from Deadlands Fate Chips. I've but, got metal doubloons for my 50 Fathoms game. Yeah. Cool. So I got the shell like, casings you shot off for my Weird Wars right. Right. game. Or it could so, be perfect for uh, Streets of Bedlam, too. Those, yeah. Uh, those casings. Yeah, I, and, took, I took one of my, uh, my guns out the range and it rattled through a couple hundred rounds and gave Sean a bunch of empties so he could use them as bennies. <laughs> nice. Well, I use about 40 bennies, so if either of you guys want to send me some case of like 40 casings, 40 casings. Yeah. that would okay. be awesome. <laughs> I'm not a gun guy, but I'd love uh, to have If it. I had known that the other weekend, I could have easily collected Give it. Brett an uh, excuse to shoot up stuff. I'll yeah, man. I guess you'll shoot guns again, Brett. I, I will totally shoot guns again. It's going to happen. I follow you on G+. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, awesome. I'll, I'll kill something at some point. All right, cool. No. So, so well, oh, uh, one last thing I was going to mention, too, that the other cool thing about the, the uh, sort of what we call like the fiddly bits, you know, the cards and bennies and such um it's a great way of bringing the setting to the table yep. so a lot of times even with the poker deck people will get custom poker decks if you go on kickstarter there's tons of them it's and a, people it's are a collecting a really simple way to have a a theme invoke your setting event. yeah yeah right there right so yeah. if i take an old school civil war era deck and i'm playing something old you know right done you exactly know, you've got bullet casings like sean did for his uh weird wars game that's cool i mean it's right there it feels Right, I have those. Um, I have those uh, spotter cars uh, cards for yeah, the planes. For planes. For World War Two or World War One. Oh, I've sure. got, I've got the, I've got another deck. It's the I don't know World War Two. I think it's an actual World War Two deck. Yeah, that they oh, they put in. Well, they handed them out with spotter. Yes. Yeah, they, this they, one's different though, Ron. I know which one. Yeah, no, there's, uh, no the there's the map and there's the spotter planes that Ron's talking about, and I got the right. other one. But oh. anyways, I put mine Post in. Notes. I, Post those on G plus. Yeah, and I yeah. put I I put mine in a in a I don't Let's know. Say it's fifty a, cal ammo bin. Fifty cal ammo I was bin. Say yeah, yeah. ammo bin. Ammo can. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I get awesome. yeah, nice. to grab them. But there's yeah. great ways to there's great ways to evoke your setting just by having that yeah. that stuff on your table. We did a, yeah, so we, so we, we, we talked about Savage called setting the mood, which we talk about all about that. So yeah, so check it. Sean and I have talked about like you know props at the table, right? And it's one of those things where people think props are like oh this extra stuff, but if your game essentially is built with props, if you will, right? I mean, I've got right. pennies and cards and stuff. It, it's telling you, dude, use some fucking props right here. Change it yes. in a little bit, and you have already made props. Oh, that's sweet. Standard that issue sweet playing cards, U.S. permit twelve seventeen, December twelve forty one. Neat. Yeah. I I looked around because I saw the ones Ron was talking about, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want those really. I was. Yeah. But they got the uh, kind of, it's Kabar. I think if you Google Kabar. Oh, yeah, yeah. The knife. Yeah, my dad had one of those. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's K-Bar. 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 Yeah. That's and then they're all, they all just, they all look just worn. Yeah. Have you ever seen a K bar? By the way, those things yeah. are nasty, man. Yeah. They're knives. they're awesome knives. They have that little <laughs> groove for the bloodletting. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn. All right. It, they, the groove is so that when you if you stick somebody, it doesn't suck. It doesn't suck it. Yeah. yeah, suction doesn't hold it into the body. You can pop it right. But out. also that if if it's stuck in them, they'll still bleed out, right? Oh, that helps too. Yeah. yeah. The more hey, the more you know. <laughs> if you let go of your knife, the more you know. <laughs> the more you know. Night serrated. It's, it's, it's nasty, man. Those knives. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's all the it's all the cool fiddly bits, man. And it's just like you said, you it brings kill. it to the brings it to the tape tabletop. Um, you know, really just brings a physical aspect of the game of the setting to the to the table. One more so, piece too uh, is the the templates that they use for area oh, yeah. effect stuff in the game. Um, you can either print those out from the book. Um, you can print them on transparencies at like Kinko's. That's always cool. Right. Um, some companies actually make them like Litco Engineering makes uh, 
a template set for Savage Worlds. Yep. yep. And uh, and those are pretty cool. And you've got two, four, and six inch wide circles. You've got if you do the vehicle rules, it's got like a forty five degree angle measurement. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the 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 flame burst template, which is a, a um, just kind of a cone. Yeah. Right. So if we so talking about that, is this do you guys when you run it, are you minis people? Do you ever do theater <laughs> mind with it? How is that how's that go? We just had a whole uh we just recorded do do Simply Savage about this. Yeah. With Sean Fannin. <laughs> oh nice. Okay. Yeah. Um Ron is well, I'll let Ron talk about his perspective. I think oh, Ron froze actually. He did freeze. Yeah, I, I do both. Um, he does both. I don't know. You're, you're good. I think you're coming in. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. We can hear you. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're coming in. You're back. You're, you're coming back. In. Cool, man. Um, so basically, I do both. Um, there are very simplified rules in the Savage Worlds Deluxe for if you don't want to use minis and how you handle those templates. Um, but I think depending on the importance of the combat, you kind of decide which way you want to go. If you're going to take out a couple of quick mooks, skip them and go theater of the mind. If you've got a big set piece thing happening, like a big climax, I think the minis are, are cool and helpful to show them the gravity of their situation. Like I would have never have wanted my players to go up against 30 zombies in rippers without being able to show them here are 30 Right, zombies on the tabletop <laughs> that you're going to fight now. You, you want them to see the impact. But just as you spoke to earlier, um, having 30 zombies on the table isn't a big deal. In 45 minutes of combat, you know. But it sure uh, is scary for your character, right? Oh, you're, yeah. You're playing on the, the whole concept of players protect their characters. 30 and zombies, a, a very swingy die mechanic. <laughs> Fate is not probably on your side. Right. Yeah. It's still deadly. So, Christian, you, you a minis guy then too? Same reason. I yeah, I do like. I mean, there's some things where I'll just kind of say, you know, what, we're going to abstract it because it's not worth setting up a table for. You know, it's a short scenario. Um, but then there's others where I'm like, I, I'm very much visual. I like the tactical. I love tactical combat games um, in RPGs, and um, yeah, I like I like using the templates. I like having the exact distances. I like you know, there's there's certain edges and mechanics in Savage Rules that players will often. Uh, design their characters for, and I want to let them use that. You know, I will. I, I will say I've spent most of my games without minis, uh, running right. Savage Worlds. So um, Savage Worlds, yeah, does not require minis by any means. But it, I don't think so. But it's certainly designed with minis in mind. Um, it, in fact, it, as Ron said earlier, it's it came out of the Great World Wars minis game, a skirmish game. Okay. Um, so yeah, and there is also a Savage Worlds Showdown if you're not familiar with it, which is a miniature skirmish game. And oh, it's cool. free. Yeah. Nice. So Bet you use any minis that you have. Yep. And so a lot of settings will also publish, a lot of publishers will, will publish for their settings uh, figure flats, which are great because you can just print off as many as you want. They're usually paper minis. Paper minis. And uh, they'll do like vehicles as well. Pinnacle has done some vehicles. Uh, the Necessary Evil ones are some of my favorites. Um, Whenever and, I think Savage Rules and Minis, I think Carl Kiesler. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, stuff like like his uh, his he templates. Just, yeah. oh my, he just posted his uh, latest Ghostbuster stuff. His yeah. Echo one. I'm like, oh my god, Jesus, dude! That yeah, guy makes some awesome is, stuff. Oh, he's incredible with that. I, I loved when he did the uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man slightly charred. Yes, <laughs> that was fantastic. That was gorgeous. Yeah, there there was a guy that was running a game at uh, Genghis Khan in Colorado a few years back, and it was a Fallout game. 
and he had had the uh, the soda pop cans, or not cans, uh, the the tops. Caps. Thank you, lids. Yeah. Jesus, lids, <laughs> lids, <coughs> caps, pop caps. So he had the pop caps actually made up with the brands that are in the Fallout games and all this nice. stuff, and he had them weathered, and he had all this great terrain, and uh, those pop caps were the the uh, the bennies, right for the game. Um, guys can go all out for Savage Worlds with with their not just the minis and the and the terrain that they can use, but also with their their bennies and their cards. Yeah. And <laughs> now, one thing I wish I could do, and I wish I had the time for, is like either the the paper terrain, the paper you know foldable terrain, or even just like those uh, those resin based ones and stuff like that. I see those things, and I'm like, oh my god, I Randy wish I could have that. Randy Farmer and his oh, paper terrain. Holy cow! God, yeah. But me, I'm like you know. Pretty much white gridded map with markers and paper figures. <laughs> There's a guy in the Savage community uh, by the name of Norm Hensley. His name oh, yeah. is Norm, no relation Hensley because he's not related to, to Shane. Um, but they're friends. And he's got some amazing like pics of terrains on his blog online. Yeah. So well, his, uh, his, his photos game was amazing. In the, in the showdown game. And in, in, yep. in the in the PDF, I'm sorry, are his photos of his of his uh, miniatures and stuff, and uh, it's it's remarkable. Yep. But yeah. So where are we left off? Combat uh, target combat. number. We just got through combat. We talked here. about um, target number and raises. We haven't gone over it. I think if we cap on that, I think that's a good spot. That would be yeah. a good spot because I think the rest are going to be. I mean, there's going to be way too much to cover. There is. Oh yeah. No worries. No, but this is this is really good. This has gotten me interested again. Thinking, okay, I, I've already found a few places where I went wrong, so this is helpful. And uh, yeah, this isn't as uh, quite honestly. I, I I saw some of the extra stuff. I'm like, God, fuck, that's going to be just annoying as hell. But listening to you guys talk about this, this is helpful. This is good. I like this. Cool. Okay, awesome, cool. awesome. So target numbers are simple. Um, almost all target numbers in the game are you're going for a four, right? Um, the, the only differences are when you're going to hit somebody in melee, which is, uh, you're going up against their parry, which is a derived stat. And if you're trying to damage somebody, wounds are given based on their toughness. So if you make their toughness, you're going to shake them. Um, and every four, every raise you get, uh, that you beat their toughness by, which is increments of four, um, that's how you wound them. Right, and those are the only two circumstances where your your target numbers are not a four. And opposed rolls. Well, opposed rolls is yeah. All right, fine. Opposed rolls. That's the third circumstance. Right. But other than that, it's it's always a plus or minus off of that four. Right. Right. So all right, so you just talked about raises, which was mm-hmm. you know every four over every four you beat your target number, right. you get a raise. Some effects, it matters how many raises you get. Most right. effects, one a raise is a raise, and you stop. Right, right. Um, so, like fighting, for example, if you get a raise on an attack roll, um, it's it's just one raise. And if you get three raises, it doesn't matter. It's just one raise will give you an extra d six. So an extra d six of damage of damage. Right, right. Um, so we already talked about wounds and incapacitation earlier. Right, yep. well, there's there's Absolutely. three wounds. Right, uh, shaken. We've talked about fatigue. Uh, Ron touched on earlier. There's there's different ways you can acquire fatigue. Um, this is covered under hazards. There's two levels of fatigue. It's fatigue and exhaustion. Uh, on the character sheet, typically you'll just see fatigue one, fatigue two, and then incapacitation. Um, typically, a fatigue is something like you know you haven't eaten in like 
you know, a day or you haven't slept or fire. Or you've been walking through the desert or the swamp. Exactly. And then you, you just take a level of fatigue. And then to ameliorate that, you just, you know, do whatever it is that you have to do to recover that. You eat, you sleep, you, you know, go into a cool environment, whatever it might be. Um, there's also ways you can do fatigue for like bumps and bruises, which is a fantastic way to sort of emulate like, Hey, you know, you just tumbled off the roof and landed on the ground. Maybe you didn't take a wound per se, but you're going to take a level of fatigue because you got some bumps and bruises from that. I don't Poisons. think it should be shaken. Fine. Fuck you. Bumps. You fi- fatigue. <laughs> right. Poisons exactly. can affect fatigue. Um, drowning can often affect fatigue. Radiation. Uh, yeah. People radiation. who drown tend to really be tired. Well, yes. They they tend to get tired fast. <laughs> they tend to get tired yeah. fast. With, with all the water in the lung, just wears or wear it out. Just, Lack of oxygen. You yeah. Know. Just tired. Yeah. When uh, that happens to me, I just want to put my feet up and jump <laughs> out. The dangerous thing about fatigue is that it also those penalties, those fatigue penalties, stack with the wound penalties as well. The wound penalties. So that's so you can so literally you be walking around at neg five with negative five, and right? And walking, yeah. mind you, <laughs> like you're still engaged in combat, but you're at minus five, man. So by yeah. the way, a plus or a minus two in Savage Worlds is huge. Yeah, anything more than that. And that is a message that you're either going to automatic, act, automatically succeed or more than likely fail. Well, if you're like, looking at fours of your target and I go up by two or down by two, son of a holy crap, that's bad. Exactly. So that's one of the I things have. I was going to mention is how many players do you get that, oh, I'll, I'll have everything at a D4 and hope that it explodes because I have a 25% shot of it exploding. I so, have more people at my table that know math, so they yes. don't do that. Okay. Right. See, I don't know math, right? Right. English well, and philosophy, well, English right. and philosophy major boys. Right. You're you're all lucky I knew how to dial in. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, so, there's, um, that's yeah, that, that is a common misconception. And if you look at the math, the people have done this a thousand times on the forums and elsewhere. Um, <laughs> just because the D4 has a higher chance of of acing doesn't mean it's going to net you a higher value more frequently than a higher die. So, there you go. Done. Plus, I was like done. the first like three seconds of silence we've had in a long time. Yeah, if you go to the Pinnacle forums, the math has been done multiple times. You can find it with a quick search. They haven't yep. deleted anything. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but the math is is not supportive of that concept. Now that said, you do have a decent chance of success with just a D four because you have that D six wild die. Mm. Right. And so Savage Worlds does, as a system, sort of encourage you to have a bunch of D4 skills as a brand new character because when you use an advance to get a new skill, you just get one skill at D4. That's right. And you basically lose your other skill point. It's hmm. cheaper to advance a skill than it is to buy a skill. So so ah. in Savage Worlds, if you're like, I, if I ever want this skill, I'm going to throw a D4 in that during creation. Right. So that is where somebody might do, I'm going to do a D4 in every skill or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right? called that's called a new character, and that's fine. Right. Gotcha. Right. Huh. Okay, no, I, is that in the book somewhere, that that logic? Uh, I, I don't think they present it as a strategy. I don't know if it's right in the somewhere. logic as much as it is just somebody realizing the fact. No, that makes right. sense, but I get, no, that that's totally legit then. Okay, no, I get that. Yeah. But I get Sean to your point though that that's a good question because I've heard that before. Like, oh fuck, I'll just take D four and everything because I'll explode all the time. Right. Yeah, and if that, right. it, I mean, it, it's a thing that's going to be said, so it's definitely worth us saying no. That's just right. wrong. So now, one thing we didn't touch on earlier when we talked about skills is that you can actually roll a skill untrained, and that is at a D four minus two. Oh, and that, okay. 
And that minus two also applies to the wild die that you roll with it. Oh, damn it. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. But what's cool any, about that is you're not left. Any bonuses or penalties apply to the wild die as well. Any right. bonuses or penalties applied apply to not only your regular die, but your wild die as well. Yes. So, for example, if you're at a D12 plus one uh, as, like, say, your strength roll, right? Your, your attribute. That plus one applies to the wild die as well. Got it. Okay. Right, right Ron? Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you had this blank stare. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know. know you were checking with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's but yeah. So, so it's kind of, and that's why the, a lot of people say, why don't we use D14s and D16s and, you know, like in DCC? And, and, uh, and the reason being is because that plus one, that plus two, not only applies to the attribute, but also to the wild die. And it is also typically nets a higher result than, uh, than the, than the higher die. I Got love it. DCC, but you are not going to see me bringing D14s and D16s into my Savage Worlds game. Right. No, it right. doesn't work. No. The way this, yeah. the way this is designed, it's, it's not the same game. It's not the yeah. same thing at all. No. no. All right. Sweet. So, and, and to answer your question earlier, Brett, about, you know, what are you doing wrong? And since we're talking about combat, we don't so have to go into so, so many. Things. We would take up like another two hours <laughs> if we were trying to figure out what Brett's doing <laughs> that wrong. Could be a new podcast. What did <laughs> Brett do wrong? I'm going to get that domain right now. This guy. We can start out the podcast with Brett telling a story about something that happened to him and (laughs) And how it went wrong. Panel of people just saying, "All right, here's what you did wrong." All right, first thing you do is you don't you don't hit Dave in the head. You don't do that because that just makes him upset. Right, that's right. All right, should not have pounded all that Jaeger before you started shooting. I uh, I smell a new (laughs) podcast brewing, man. There we go. This is it. No, that what I was going to suggest is if you get a chance. Speaking of combat. Go through the combat options. That that chapter in the book. Um, there are tons of combat options. Everything from the drop to uh, wild attacks to grapple to you know. Print out that page and have it in front of every player that's new to the game. There's there's a free GM screen that you can download that actually has a summary table of all the combat options that you can look Very at. Nice. Okay. And that is where you're going to be able to apply the hurt that you've been trying to apply to your players as well. Well, uh, well, the other yeah. thing I'm hearing here is that from a system mastery perspective, I mean, I, you know, your we, characters, we, player characters, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> whatever it takes. Um, so, I mean, I look at, you know, my my deluxe book here. I mean, uh, index yeah. included, I'm looking at 160 pages, which is nothing. nothing right? right. And there's plenty of fluff and different components of it. So right. anytime you're going to run something new, I honestly think one of the, the major mistake I made at the time was I tried – to run it too fast. And by that, I mean, when we came up to a rule perspective, I was not able to do the usual Brett thing. Like I could make a ruling because I had a level of system mastery. I didn't, I didn't fucking know the system. So I that's, can't that's make fine. a ruling. Cause one so, of the cool things about seven rules backs. is nine times out of 10, that ruling that you make is probably right. Anyway. If you understand the paradigm of savage worlds, see that, that that's the thing though, is I don't, I wasn't yeah. there yet. So I oh, take, take right. a minute, look it up and say, Hey, let's do the thing. Hey, Brett. And the, the Benny groove wasn't there either. And what you guys right. have told me here makes more sense. Hey, yes, Brett, Sean. Hey, Brett, if you're going to run a game, dude, <clears throat> Read, you, read the rules. You may want to know the saying? rules. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that is really good advice, hey, Sean. Just going out on a limb here. <laughs> How did you host? Hey, that's that, incredible. <laughs> you know, bring me on my for, for my good looks. I'm just here for the abuse. That's hey, let's get into die roll. <laughs> all right. Holy crap! We got Holy in. Jesus! Wow, we made it. Die roll. Uh, two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and or geekery you want to share with you. Brett has a couple. I have a few. Christian is participating. Ron, it's okay if you don't, but if you have some in your pocket, we'll get to you as well. Some Brett. random gaming geekery? Yeah, if you uh, if you get a, hey, uh, reference 
link, news, geekery, right. gaming, doesn't matter. Brett, you want to start off? Sure thing. There, I uh, got two of them here, as Sean said. I've got there's a long lost H.P. Uh, Lovecraft manuscript that was found. Apparently, he had penned it for Harry Houdini. So there's a link in the show notes. Take a look at that. Uh, somebody, a uh, few folks on G Plus have said, well, that's really cool as long as it doesn't land in some jackass collector's hands who never publishes it. But uh, we'll see what we shall see. That's kind of cool that that, w- that has been found. Would that and technically spe- fall under uh, public domain? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't say. know. It might. It very well might. Oh, we'll man. See. I hope it does. No, go on. Sorry. No, that, that's okay. Good question. I hadn't thought about that. The other, uh, I was kind of in the uh, lost books recently found. Heinrich Himmler's stash of witchcraft books have been located as well. Dailymail.co.uk. Uh, I'll get a link in the show notes there. He had, uh, at, like, for the last 50 years, uh, it's been lost, and they've uh, located this. So anybody who's uh, playing Delta Green or any uh, Weird Wars type of game, this is just fodder. It uh, could be some cool stuff. to. So my to nephew my nephew is in Prague, and that's where they found it, right right outside of Prague, a library that has a nice. access. He, he awesome. may have. I have. He did. We, can't, we can neither confirm nor deny. He tried to Skype me earlier. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was about. Awesome. I know, right? He, he's in the dark. Sean. Uncle Sean, if you could hear me. Yeah. They found it. I don't think so. And then you hear screams of anguish as a horror from the, you know, deep, just, yeah. yeah. Anyway. He's awoken something. Right. Uh, so I have uh, Pinnacle Entertainment Group, Home of Savage Worlds. You got to list that. We got to put that out there. That's uh, Home of the Savage World on the web. Savage Worlds Reddit. Yes, there is a Savage Worlds Reddit. Christian, Ron, you guys go there often or no? Not often, but uh, every now and then I'm when I check traffic, guy. when I check traffic uh, referrals and stuff, I, I see stuff coming from that Reddit, yeah, which you is kind of cool. You guys are probably getting linked back to it, right? Yeah, yeah. on occasion we do, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Savagepedia, a wiki for Savage Worlds RPG. Now, I don't know That's, how old that is. We we talked about this, Ron, on, on one of the episodes. It's uh, It came out during a time when there wasn't a lot of... Um, sort of stuff like that out there, right? Ready for another history lesson, guys? Yeah, Ooh, Ron, 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 he's gonna lay it on you. <laughs> Here it comes. So there used to be a fanzine for Savage Worlds called uh, Shark Bites. Shark Bites, <laughs> and uh, it was when it was still uh, Great White Games. That's right. And uh, the reason it's called Great White Games, another piece of trivia. Um, Shane Hensley loves sharks. And anyway, um, so Shark Bites was around. That kind of fizzled because they couldn't find uh, um, anybody that wanted to consistently edit it because it takes a lot of work to edit. <laughs> and um, a lot of the stuff that was collected on Shark Bites and a couple of other sites got kind of pulled together into the Savagepedia. So it's find, been around for about 10 years. You can find uh, uh, copies of Shark Bites in Savagepedia, yep. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. All that stuff's in there. Yep. And then the last one I have, Christian didn't even use Savage Eberron. Oh, that piece of crap. Hey, man. I'm kidding. No, I like it. I'm proud of it. Conversion of Eberron campaign setting by Keith Baker to the Savage Worlds rules set. So Christian is a big Eberron fan. Yes. And he's yes. looking for editors, right? Yeah. Basically, uh, uh, the short of it is that I started working on it when I first got into Savage Worlds. A lot of mistakes early on. I tried to correct most of those over time as I learned more. And, but you know, when you're, when you're kind of working in a document, it's hard to see the forest from the trees. So I'm looking for other people to, you know, kind of chime in on it, you know, especially if you know a lot about Savage Worlds and you know a lot about Eberron, 
I know people like that. Two great tastes that go great together. They really do, too. They really are chocolate peanut butter. I I, I stand firm on the fact, on on my opinion, I should say, that Eberron was written for the wrong system. I agree completely. Wow. Bold statements from Christian Serrano. Bold statement. But I can see how he's saying that because if you're a fan of Eberron, Keith wrote it to be more pulpy for sure. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Action points in D20 just didn't cut it. No. Yeah. Okay. Christian. So, yeah. Get a couple. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Card Caddy. This is a really cool product that I came across on Kickstarter, actually. Um, the What the Kickstarter was actually for, and it failed, unfortunately, was a double-decker card caddy. What the card caddy is, it's essentially a card holder. So if you have like a deck of cards that don't have a case or whatever, maybe the box got torn up or whatever, it will hold your cards for you. The cool part about it is it actually converts into a card tray that you can put on your table. So as you know, in Savage Worlds, we use cards a lot. We have the adventure deck. We have the action deck. This is a great way to store those cards, and it also protects them. So even if you do still have that tuck box and you toss it in your bag, put it in this card caddy, and it'll protect them. And then, of course, you have a card tray. Um, it's also good for um, other games like Magic the Gathering and such as well. So uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool little device. Um, and they're, they're pretty affordable. Right now, they're doing a thing for March where you can get a green case and a white case for $9.99 and with free shipping from their website. Kind of cool. You can find them on Amazon in general for about five bucks or so, six bucks. So they're, they're really cheap and they're really handy. Uh, the other thing I've got, um, if you're not familiar with Clockworks, this is a webcomic by Sean Gaston. He is the artist for uh, – the illustrator, I should say, for um, – Streets of Bedlam, which has some of the most fantastic artwork I've ever seen in a Savage World setting. And uh, Clockworks is his comic and his setting. And he's also working on it as a Savage World setting. The cool thing about it is he's got a Patreon campaign going. And his next goal, which I can't remember the amount, but he's close. He's getting close to it. Um, he's, he promises to start publishing additional Savage Worlds rules content to his blog weekly if he hits that goal. Um, he has an open doc, that open Google doc, where he has all the setting stuff open and available for anybody to comment on or to use the game and run it. And it's a pretty fantastic setting. It's sort of like fantasy with, um, I guess, sort of a steampunk element to it. And, and the comic itself is actually based on a campaign that he actually run or ran. Um, so go check it out. I'm looking at that comic right now. That's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, it's if awesome. You, if you haven't, yeah. if you haven't watched uh, Christian because it's up on YouTube and is part of the podcast in audio format interview Sean Gaston. It's a, it's a good one to check out. So by all means go over and do that. Carl Kiesler even did uh, some miniatures (laughs) and a a character sheet inspired by uh, Sean's work. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Ron man. So I've got one and this is actually kind of an outdated blog, but it speaks to something I mentioned during the show. Um, uh, Norm Hensley, as I mentioned earlier, has some really cool eye candy on his old blog. It hasn't been updated in a couple of years, but it's still got a, a great resource. And it's uh, savageboldfist.blogspot.com. And uh, if you just go through there and you see some of the, the cool things he's done with his games, he posts a lot of pics. Um, there's a bunch of uh, Mar- uh, Marvel superhero conversions on his site as well that are very cool. But... Um, He's he's a guy I I trust implicitly with the Savage Worlds rules with his ideas and such, um, and he's done some uh, consulting and and all that kind of stuff within the within the uh, community as well uh, with like publishers and, and those types right. of folks. So definitely something you should check out. 
some of the stuff is just insane that he's done. So neat, uh, neat trivia fact uh, for Ron's history. Uh, Ron or Norm Norman did a segment on the original Smiling Jack's Burn Grill called Sixty Seconds with Norm, where he he'd quickly cover a Sabbath yeah. World setting. Yeah, sweet, awesome, That's pretty cool. And then we yeah, have you should uh, you should mention uh, was it a uh, Savage MCU? Which speaking Me? of Marvel, yeah. That okay, was, that's cool. Another good one. There's another great blog out there called the Savage MCU, and this, wow. is, a, this is a guy that is, uh, um, he's basically converting characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, to Savage Worlds using the Superpower Second Edition Companion. Nice. And uh, he's done a great job. His conversions tend to be spot on, like really good. Yeah. So definitely recommend checking that out if you're. Looking for more savage goodness. Sweet. And then we have a last one from Chris Shore. He wanted us to mention how he and some friends are putting together a con in October in the San Bernardino Mountains outside L.A. So if you're in that area, uh, it's a small intimate con the whole weekend, um, playing all food and lodging inclusive with the price. Any pub you can give would be any pub you could give would be awesome is what he writes. So you can check that out at Facebook.com forward slash pine con convention. Not, is it, it, yeah, go is ahead. it called pine con? Is pine it? Cone? Yeah, it's pine, pine. Well, I don't know if it's pronounced pine cone convention or pine con. Well, let's, let's check that link out friends. and see what you see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. All Whoa. right. <laughs> Very neat. All right. So now we go into skill check. You ready? We're going to do skill check. We do it with every guest that's on the show. You guys ready? Excellent. I think so. All right. We'll start with Christian, then we'll hit Ron. So, Ron, you'll be prepped after this. We won't put you in the sound booth to remove your headphones. All right. All right. Ready, Christian? Yeah. GM or player? GM. All right. GM screen? Screen or no screen? Uh, Screen, but not to be sort of uh, elusive, just because it's where I keep my notes. Like, I can they're just facing me. That's Utilitarian, it. good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Modules or original content? Both. I like to take modules uh, for nights when I'm not prepared, and or sometimes I'll take modules and riff off of them, and sometimes I'll just do completely ori- original content. It sounds like a non-answer. Next, no, balance. It's utilitarian. <laughs> uh-huh. Both. Well, I do this and then I do that. It's it's not. It's a false dichotomy. Go All ahead. Right. Ooh, Fair enough. Go. Balanced encounter or screw balance. Screw balance. Nice. Favorite worlds. Favorite RPG? <laughs> Fate. Awesome. Excellent. Glad we had you on tonight. RPG RPG you're playing in the next week or month? Fate? No, Savage Worlds. <laughs> what what setting to get specific oh, on that oh, one? Oh, what what setting? Uh it's an adventure uh, published by Pinnacle Entertainment Group called uh Zombie Run. Okay. There you go. Ryan, you ready? I'm ready. Player or GM? GM. Screen or no screen? Screen. Modules or original content? Both. False Academy. We can't get away from it. I, I got to revamp that question. You know, no one likes it. If there was a gun to your kid's head, which one would you pick? <laughs> Balanced encounter or screw balance? I'd use my screen and kill the person trying to kill my kid. Well, at least we got a different answer out there of it. Like Still utilitarian. <laughs> exactly. ba- uh, screw balance. Favorite RPG? Savage Worlds. What RPG you're playing in the next week or month? 
Next week will be a cursed for Savage World. There you go. Look at that. Painless. And you guys survived. If you go out two weeks, I'm running icons. <laughs> oh, nice. Icons. What? That's not Savage World. You guys do other stuff that just freaks me out, man. <laughs> Thanks, Christian and Ron, for coming on to the show. We want to thank everybody for supporting the show. Brought to you by patrons like Joe Swick, Kevin Lovecraft, Steve Day, Old School DM, Christian, Sexy Voice of Rado, Jeff Rademacher, Forrest the Gary, Misdirected Mark, Brett's Biggest Fan, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Tony Baker, and Palladian. Uh, we also want to thank Corey Wynn. Consider becoming a patron of the show at GamingNBS.com forward slash Patreon. Christian and Ron, where can people find you? Ron. Um, I can be found uh, the Savage Bloggers Network podcast and at uh, on my G+. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. Everything is Ron Blessing. So, <laughs> uh, Same here. Savage Bloggers Network podcast, uh, savagebloggers.net, and uh, Google+. Plus. Uh, you can find me in the Savage Worlds community or find me at uh, google.com slash plus Christian Serrano. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night, good game and all. 